Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. <clears throat> Amen. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> How many of you know that the Lord, he, uh, he is good and his mercy endures forever? You know, we, we don't, we don't worship Amen. the Lord. We don't worship the Lord because he's bad or he, he's insufficient or he is unable to assist. You know, we worship the Lord because he is able. Amen. He's not only able because there's a lot of people that are able to do a lot of stuff in this life. They got a lot of money, but they got a lot of power. They got a lot of pull. But the thing is, they don't love us. And so therefore, they don't do anything for us. But here's God, he loves us. And, and he, he is all powerful, but he also loves you. And he's, he's not this mushy, you know, sentimental, sloppy, wet kiss love, right? That, that so many of the hippie Christians sing today. No, it is a, a, a committed, constant, uh, um, sacrificial, protective, fatherly, covenantal love that he has for you. You know, how many people have had sloppy, wet kisses in middle school and high school? And where are those people at today? <laughs> they had no covenantal love. <laughs> right? So, away with the sloppy, wet kiss stuff. Right? No, I, I, I want I want a, co a constant covenant. Right? That, that, that improves my well-being. That improves my life. And that's what happens when we come to the Lord. So don't mistake the tribulations that you go through for any form of deterioration of your life. God is not deteriorating his people. He's not decaying his people. He's not dismembering his people. He is not uh, causing havoc in the lives of his people. He is, he, he is um, refining his people so that you may come forth as gold, that you may come forth better. See, the thing is, he's burning up all the dross in your life that is making your life worse. See, you think that a lot of your setbacks is some form of opposition from the devil, and, and certainly that may be the case. But the, the point is, that's not always the case. Sometimes the Lord providentially works in your life because he is your great father, and he, he is ensuring that you, be, you uh, come out looking more like Christ, acting like Christ, have confident like Christ, joyous like Christ, hopeful like Christ. Amen. Glory, hallelujah! I, I feel Amen. a weight of glory in this in this gathering this this evening, hallelujah! Amen. And so, it, as a response of God's great glory, His great love, His great mercy, His great compassion, in response to that, we 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 um we we worship Him. And see, here's the thing. Uh, the devil, he wants to uh, to press you down. You know, you think about the word depression. He wants to, uh, uh, you know, what what is it? You know, uh, deep, right? D e the the word deep begins with d e, and and the word depression begins with d e, right? And so it, it's a or descend begins with d e. So. Whenever a word is prefixed with that, it, it, the direction is downward. And so when the devil wants to depress you, he wants to press you downward, right? He wants to keep you down. But when we worship, that requires for us to come up. And so the, the reason why depression 
is so dangerous is because depression will rob God of his praise due unto his name. Depression will rob God of the glory due unto his name. And the devil begins whispering in your ear, oh, you know, you know, you don't feel like worshiping the Lord. You know, he, you know, you feel a certain way. You know, you're tired or you're depressed or you're dejected or you're despondent or despairing or whatever the case. And the devil wants to throw mud on your windshield to obscure your vision. So you begin to lose sight of God's gratefulness, his fidelity, his constancy, his his ability. The enemy wants you to begin to look inward, introspectively, right, and, and not look outwardly. Come on, somebody. I know, you know, this is this is hitting the head on the nail, uh, the, the, the nail on the head. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. You know, don't allow the enemy to push you into a corner, into a feeble position and get you to stop praising God, to get you to uh, move backwards, to backslide, to pull you back. Remember the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember the God who brought you out of the thing the devil wants to put you back into. Amen. We didn't come out for no reason. We didn't come out because we had the most, the, the, uh, the most terrific life, the most enjoyable life, whatever it was, whether it's prostitution, promiscuity, drugs, sex, uh, alcohol, whatever the case is, the Lord redeemed us by his precious blood and brought us out of that for a reason. We don't want to go back to that nonsense. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we, we need to continue to fight. Amen. We're all, we're all here. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there an amen in our spirit? You know, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to preach <clears throat> life to us here because, you know, the, the, the enemy what wants you to be out of step with the joy that God has for you. Amen. He don't want you to live uh, in, in abundance. He don't want you to live in joy. He don't want you to live in that. He wants you to live in defeat. <clears throat> but he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, join with us, oh, God, that your presence would be felt, your presence would be known, that your glory would envelop us, oh, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that every wicked and foul spirit would begin to, to become dispelled and expelled from this uh, uh, gathering, oh, Lord that your presence would take precedence, Lord. Your presence would set the tone. Your presence, oh God, would, would be welcomed and invoked in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the name that is above all names. Hallelujah. His name is above Muhammad. His name is above Buddha. His name is above uh, 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 Taylor Swift. The heck with Taylor Swift. I don't care about her concerts. I don't care about her music. I don't care about 
little Dirk, little Flip, little whatever. They're little, little this and fat that. They're all fat this and little yeah. this, right? Yeah. Little Levin, Levin's the lump. That's what their names are. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Right? Not a little, just a little, little. right? Little Levin. Um. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And again, uh, we, we, we worship the Lord. We don't worship our feelings. See, if you begin to walk by feelings, the, the, the enemy will ensnare you. Because not every day you're going to feel like praying. Not every day you're going to feel like reading the scriptures. Right? See, if the people that go to the gym, if every day they only went to the gym when they felt like going to the gym, they'd be fat today. Don't walk by your feelings. Amen. Don't walk by your feelings. Walk by the spirit because when the feelings come, right, they're they're good. The the feelings that God gives you of his presence is amazing, it's beautiful, beautiful, but what happens when those feelings subside and the Lord hides his face? Are you going to walk by feelings? Are you going to walk by faith? Because the word says this and the word says that. And so because the word says that I'm going to walk in it. Amen. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Does this make sense, everybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, I, I've been doing this for a while, and, and, and I, I've learned that I can't depend on my feelings because when I depend on my feelings, then, and then the enemy begins to preach a false gospel to me, and, and you know, he, he paints a picture of who God is or who God isn't, right? It, 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 he'll say, hey, you feel this way. It must mean that God is not coming through for you. You feel anxious, it must mean that God isn't going to provide. You feel intimidated, it must mean that God is not all powerful. See, he starts lying about God, accusing God, and accusing you. Amen. Does that make sense? He is the masterful, subtle, serpentile, wicked enemy of your soul, adversary of your soul, always trying to divert you through feelings, through lies, through uh, a pain, through suffering, through through unjust treatment, through c- cruelty and havoc and infecting poisonous thoughts. Amen. Amen. So, so rebel with all that is within you. Rebel against him. Rebel against his lies. Rebel against... You know, I remember when I was ministering in the juvenile hall... I remember there were some Northanials and, and, you know, this young buck was, you know, trying to hold his mug in front of his, his homeboys and stuff like that. And he's all, man, I ain't no snitch, this, that, and the other. I'll never fold. You know, and everybody says that. Everybody says, it. you know, the only person that doesn't fold is God. Even the greatest of men have the capacity to fold. Peter did. David did. Moses did. The only one that has never 
bent or folded or reverted was God himself. And thank the Lord for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But nonetheless, he's a man, you know, you know, they, they talk smack on their enemies and they don't even know why they're enemies with them. Right. They're claiming a set that in, in a, ter a block that they don't even own. It's like, where's your name at on the block, bro? Where is it? <laughs> I haven't found it. Right? You ever you ever hear that saying? Where's your name at on this seat? Right? Well, they they don't own the block. The block was there even before they got there. <laughs> right? You, you, you get that? You know, at least you know. And 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 I'm not at all making light of the situation. I'm not even saying it's justified. <clears throat> but those that are fighting in Palestine. Right, you know, over land, they have an extensive history, and they're doing it for uh, ancestral reasons and, and and religious reasons, political reasons. There, there's a rationale to be behind why they do that. I'm not approving of the war. I'm just saying that's what they're doing. Whereas with gangs, it's they don't even know why they're doing this stuff. <clears throat> but anyways. I, I I told him I said, um, okay, you want to ride with the enemy? I was like, you believe in the devil? He's like, yeah. I said, well, you know the lifestyle that you're living is the lifestyle he gave you. So why are you riding with the enemy? I, you're going against your own advice. You're going against your own philosophy. He's your worst enemy. All those other the Sureños or whatever other uh, uh, gang that you're tripping off of. They're they're only puppets of the one that are using them to keep you in bondage to that lifestyle. Man. You see, you know they're they're puppets just like Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you, I seen this recent video of him. So I was, uh, yes. I, I want to go to sleep. Right, and he's at a press conference, and they're like, "Okay, guys, all right, it's enough. Uh, we're done for tonight." Right? They had to save him. How is he going to save our country if he can't even save himself in a press conference? Just <laughs> the interlocutors. If you want to have a man on the moon, right? You guys, you guys hear that? It's crazy, man. I, I can't wait till this guy gets booted out. He's horrible. <clears throat> right? He, he, he has, um, you know, the lights on, but no one's home. And, and, you know, the, the, the thing, you know, the, the, he's there because the people of America, not everybody, they're also victims of, of delusion. The fact that, that they have to lie about him like at what point do you wake up and say this is absurd amen right amen let's have some intellectual honesty here and say the the guy can't the guy doesn't even know who he is half the time and and so so how are you a christian how are you claiming to be a christian and you're voting for joe biden Right? He, he, look, look at the gas. Look at the prices of food. 
There ain't even a dollar menu anymore. It don't exist. <laughs> Thanks to, you know, what, what's going on, right? It, a dollar menu, right? I, I don't know if you guys in other countries have a euro menu. <laughs> but we used to have a dollar menu. But we don't have it anymore. Right? Or, or what? Maybe in your state you do. We, here in California, we don't. But anyways, oh my gosh, McChickens cost four fifty in New Jersey. No, it's pretty close to like three or four dollars now. Wow, when they like wow. two, like a dollar fifty, two dollars, it's pretty high now. Wow, that is crazy. <clears throat> I remember it was a. Do- I remember you used to be able to go to Taco Bell and get something for like sixty nine cents or seventy nine cents or something like that. Um, man, times have changed. It's crazy. But anyways, um, we have, we, we, uh, I'm assuming maybe, you know, inflation, wow, inflation is getting bad there too in Europe for, for, uh, other reasons. But be that as it may, the, the point though is, we got to continue to worship the Lord despite whatever our feelings say, right? Your feelings is not are not God, right? <clears throat> God is God, and we know what God says, and we know what he what He promises to do in the Scriptures. Amen. And, and so we can bank we bank on His word. We don't bank on how we're feeling that day. You know, when you have a fever, you don't feel good. Is that reflective of of God, right? That you had a fever? No. You just have a fever, right? But you know what the enemy does is, you know, he might go in there and say, well, you have a fever because you're displeasing God, right? Like, ooh, what, 102, that's pretty high. If God loved you, why, why, why do you have a 102 fever? Look at the guy down the street. He didn't get sick. He 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 got the you know he he's wearing the mask, <laughs> right? <laughs> he got his COVID backs, right? <clears throat> he was an obedient sheeple. He didn't question the he didn't question. He just got it, and he got boosters. Right. <laughs> you know, anyways, I want to get to the text. Are we OK or. Um, <clears throat> Hallelujah. Turn turn to John. <clears throat> uh, John chapter 21. I, I want to prime us with the word. Um, each you know opportunity I have, I want to and it get word in us, right? Um, you know, David said, "Your word have I hidden in your heart that I may not sin against you." Right when when uh, Mary received a promise from the Lord, the Bible says she 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 hid those things. She kept her she kept them in her heart. 
The Bible says Samuel did not allow one word of the Lord to fall to the ground. Right? You know, you know why? Because Samuel is not a swine. Swine, when they hear the word of God, you know what they do? They cast it aside and they trample under them. They allow the word of the Lord to fall to the ground and they trample under it. They walk on it. What, what does the Bible say? You know, to those who, you know, uh, despise the law of Moses, they, they, they transgress the law of Moses, died without mercy under the testimony of two or three witnesses. And it says, how much sore punishment do you suppose them to be worthy who have trampled under the blood of the covenant and treated it as though it was common and unholy? And so, so we are not those who, who trample under, you know, trample the word of the Lord. We are not those who, who trample the word of God, right? We, we are not those who, who trample on what, what God says to us. Does that make sense? <clears throat> we are those who, who instead receive what, what the Lord says. <clears throat> Um, y'all here? Um, so John chapter 21, verse 15. John chapter 21, verse 15. And, uh, the word of the Lord reads, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, the, the irony here is that Remember, um, Peter defended himself and had protested against the Lord, saying that he would never deny him. You know, and then Peter throws everybody else under the bus and says, you know, even if all these guys, they deny you, I won't ever deny you. And then he says, you know, Simon, you know, uh, he says, I, I assure you, um, that before the rooster crows, you know, uh, you, you will have denied me three times, right? <clears throat> isn't, isn't that what the, the word of the Lord says? And so the irony is that, you know, Peter denied him three times, right? But, but the Lord then asks him three times, do you love me? You know, Peter denies him three times, the Lord asks him three times. Right. And and three times did the Lord go to Peter and prod him in the garden of Gethsemane to pray. Amen. Had Peter have prayed, you know, perhaps he would not have succumbed to that temptation and have fallen. Amen. But <clears throat> I, I want to point out here that this is. Jesus's desire for his people to be fed, right? Not not uh, fed with um, material food, 
but instead to be fed with the, the word of God, to be fed with the scriptures. And so, you know, I understand that this is a time of prayer, so I, I really restrict um, in time how much, you know, I, I speak. But I want it to be clear that this is Jesus's desire is for people to, to come under the preaching of the word of God and to be exposed to truth, right? To, to not feed on, you know, Jesus describes the leaven, the, the teaching of the Pharisees as the leaven of the Pharisees, right? Jesus doesn't equate that with the bread that he desires for his people to feast upon. The teaching of the Pharisees, right, and the Sadducees, Jesus says, is, is leaven. And leaven is not uh, understood as a good thing within the scriptures, Amen? Or no? <laughs> so, um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose us here. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm showing us here that this is Jesus's desire. This isn't something that man invented Right. Uh, so because man is so full of himself and, you know, they, they just want to, um, you know, <clears throat> they, they want to. Um, create something God never desired for. Like, oh, you know, I love public speaking. I, I love oration. And so I, I think, uh, you know, it sounds really nice. I'm just going to lecture people. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That sounds amazing, right? No, no. See, Jesus wants the word of God to be expounded to you. Do you understand? So <clears throat> if you desire to follow Jesus, you know what you will do is you will open up your heart and say uh, a desire to be fed. You know, look, man, let, let Y'all following? I need you guys really paying attention here. I'm not being mean or anything like that, but uh, we, we need to be um, um, we need to be um, <sighs> Jesus says, my sheep know me and they, they, they hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. But here's the thing. Jesus, when he began preaching the word of God, those who were his sheep, they followed, they listened. And so that's why when Jesus said, hey, come and follow me, they began to follow. And, and, and who were described as the strangers? The strangers were those who were not uh, um, true prophets. They were not true messengers. They were not true. Uh, they were false. They were pseudo prophetes. They were pseudo apostolos. They were pseudo adelphoi, Right? False brethren, false messiahs, uh, false Christs, right? Antichrist. Those were the strangers. And so that when they came on the scene, those who loved the lie, they believed that delusion. And that's why the Bible says in Thessalonians, God sends them a strong delusion that they may believe a lie. Man. Right? I didn't make that up. I didn't, I didn't write, you know, First Thessalonians. No, Paul wrote First Thessalonians. And so... The strangers were these false messengers, and 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 uh, and so the people who didn't love the gospel did not love the truth. They followed them. That's why it says 
you know, on the last days, which by the way, it's not the last days of America. It's not, it's not last days of America, right? It, it, it's, it's the last, it was the last days of Israel. And so in those last days, the Bible says, you know, uh, that they, you know, the spirit speaks expressly that men will become lovers of selves. They will heap up for themselves, false teachers, so on and so forth, right? Amen. They 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 will heap up for themselves teachers to to scratch their itching ears to tell them what it is that they want to hear, and so false teachers are really sent, are really come in 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 the response of the need of those who love a lie, and and the the the, the presence of false teachers is a judgment. It's a judgment. Amen. Right? So so I, I want us to understand the, the, the safe position that we're in, that we would come under sound doctrine, that we don't love a lie. We don't love a falsehood. Right? And so, but go to Amos chapter 8, verse 1. <clears throat> Amos chapter 8 uh, excuse me uh, verse 11 my apologies <clears throat> people are like well, Amos where is he where is that at that's in the bible right. we, we need to become very familiar with this bible and that's why I purpose all that is within me today. You know, I, I had a had a one on one call with an individual and they were just picking my brain. Um, and and I'm, I'm it's it's amazing. I love to be able to do that. I love to be able to help people asking me questions. And, and I am delighted that I can be a voice of truth to help uh, educate uh, people in <clears throat> the ways of God, amen, and 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 articulate the, the truth of the Lord. But um, the, today, really, there, there is a de-emphasis upon exposition. There's a de-emphasis upon actually understanding the Bible. And, you know, people can give out sermons, and, and, and at the end of the day, you not come to understand this book better. It's possible. Amen. Right? <clears throat> so, nevertheless, um, uh, uh, Amos chapter 8, verse 11. So, what I was saying is, is I purpose with all, all that is within me so that you can come to understand this as, as God intended to communicate to those, those people. Um, uh, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. It says, verse 12, people stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. And you know, you know when this was fulfilled, you know, Malachi was the last prophet. Malachi, it was Malachi, and then after Malachi, you know what happened? They experienced 400 years of silence. 
And if you read some of the apocryphal writings, I believe I can't recall if um <laughs> I can't recall if it was in Maccabees or Tobit. I don't recall exactly, but I know in one of the apocryphal writings, and the apocryphal writings was written in what's called the intertestamental period, which was from Malachi before John the Baptist, those 400 years of silence. And even the apocryphal writers recognized that there was no prophet among them in their days. And so they, they're not hearing any prophetic voice. Can you imagine that? That, that that's older than what uh uh you know America is right so 400 years and there's no word of the lord right come on somebody that's not a good thing that's that's not a good thing and so so Thank God that we are not, well, some people, some places there is a famine of the word, but thank God that we're under no famine and that God desires to give you the bread of his word for you as the sheep of his pasture to be fed with, with the words of eternal life, right? We're not famished of the words of eternal life. What did Peter say? He says, to whom shall we go? Jesus says, uh, truly I am, uh, you know, he says, truly, um, you know, your fathers ate manna from heaven. And, and uh, <clears throat> Jesus said that he is the true manna from heaven for his blood is drink indeed and his, his flesh is, is, is bread, you know, bread indeed. And then, you know, those who were following him said, you know, this stuff is too hard. His disciples said, this is too hard. How, how can we receive this stuff? You know, because he they thought he was suggesting cannibalism. And it says they departed. He said, you know, this these are hard sayings. Who, who can endure them? And then what happened? Right? But Peter's, and then Jesus turns to the 12. He says, will you leave also? He says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? What are we going to go back to? Bumping pocket biggie? And sadly, some Christians still do that. Right? Bumping trap music and you know, all this other stuff, right? They're not feeding on the words of eternal life. They're feeding on the words of leaven. Right? Or when they pick up the call of that deadbeat guy that, that is living in the world that don't want to serve God and, and, and he starts give, uh, giving you smooth words of butter. Right? Smooth like butter. But those are not the words of eternal life. Those aren't building you up in the admonition of the Lord. That's not building you up in your faith. That's tearing you down. That's deceiving you. And he might be, you know, good looking. He, or she might be good looking, but all they are is a finely dressed carcass. Yeah. Right? Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. You know, she's just so beautiful. 
he looked good, right? But okay, but they're they're spewing poisonous words, words that that words that infect you and lead you away from God. Words of witchcraft. Because remember, as I taught you, witchcraft doesn't necessarily mean enchantments and spells and putting your pictures on altars and cursing you. It, it can just be like, hey, you know, you're just taking that Jesus thing a bit too seriously. I mean, I'm not saying don't go to church, but you're just being a bit too religious. You got to tone it down a little bit. I don't pray so much. I don't sacrifice so much, you know, or, or don't give your tithes. This is for the family. All of it is to us, right? So little, little things in there start throwing compromises, compromises, compromises. You see that? That's not the word of the Lord. I can't tell you how many people, right? That, you know, they, they, you know, they get married and all this stuff. And then one of the people in the relationship starts whispering, "Hey, what do we do? What are you doing with that money? That's not supposed to go the the you know to the, the man of God. That's not supposed to go to God. That let's hoard all of this, or stop going to the prayer meeting. Right? You don't have to agree, but it's true." Amen. And they start leading you away from the Lord. And see, here's the thing. Because they're fine or they look good or they, you know, or, or you fornicate or, or, you know, all these different things, it, it, your guards come down. And when your guards come down, those arrow that your, your shield of faith comes down because that is your guard. And when that's down... They just keep shooting arrows, arrows, arrows. And they don't even mean it. They're just being a puppet of the enemy. Right? Or it can be your father. It can be your mother. It can be your cousin. It can be, you know, oh, no, you know, hey, man, we're blood, right? We're, we're, we're a family. We're flesh, right? And, and they Amen. start leading you away from the will of God. You're taking that Jesus thing too seriously. You better than us now or what? Man, remember you used to drink? Remember you used to do that? Remember you used to do this and whatever? And now they want to impose guilt upon you, make you feel bad for serving God. But I don't care. I'm not, I don't feel bad for forsaking hell. You can keep serving the devil. I'm going to keep serving God with or without you. Amen. You know, I, I believe it was Polycarp. Uh, who said um, when when they went to kill him, and 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 he was to stand trial, and and they wanted him to recant, and renounce, and they were going to burn him at the stake. And he said, eighty seven years have I served him, and he has done me no wrong." Amen. Amen. Eighty and seven Amen. years have I served my master, and he has not done me wrong i shall not recant his name and they put him on the stake and you know what they did he they were going to drive nail through his hands and he says the binding love of my safe he says those nails are unnecessary 
That will not keep me here. The binding love of my Savior shall keep me here from fleeing from martyrdom. And when they began to attempt to burn him, the fire would not burn him. <laughs> oh, glory. Because the fire of the Holy Ghost was living within him. This is church history. You know, Eusebius records this. And, uh, you know, but then they end up killing him with the dagger. And there was so much blood, it ended up quenching the fire. Praise God. Amen. And then, you know, I believe it was Tertullian who said is is through the blood of the martyrs, uh, waters the seed of the gospel. They won't put us out. We'll keep multiplying. Amen. Right? <clears throat> Glory to God. You know, some people were willing to die for the devil, commit suicide for the devil. Right? And thank God, you know, see, a lot of people even say, oh, I'll die for Jesus. Well, you can't, you don't even live for him. Live for him first. Right? Mm -hmm. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Oh, I'll die for Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'll die. But, but you, you don't pray. You think one hour is too long. I'm tired of, of pastor preaching hard messages. Well, I thought you wanted to live for Jesus. Right? No. It's a glorious thing. Man, when I first got saved, I didn't I didn't know all these things yet. And so I remember the Holy Ghost was so sensitive in me. You know, people will say a cuss word or people will take the name of the Lord in vain. And I, I feel like my, my, my heart pierced because another person is living inside of me. <laughs> I got a personality. I got a person in me and it's the Holy Spirit. And so, so when I heard all these filthy things from people, I'm like, I don't want to hear that garbage. I don't want to hear that. And so we have an honor to be submitted to the preaching of the word because the whole, when you're not in all your feelings and you're not all, uh, you know, uh, you know, intoxicated by the devil's lies, you know, it, it, you're and you're not all in your soul and feelings. The Holy Ghost, you can feel the Holy Ghost leaping up in it, in you, and saying Amen to the word that is being preached. Amen. That's why we we not we are not to listen to our feelings. And when you're walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you will will agree to the word, even if it's hard. That's why when John he received the scroll in the Book of Revelation, you know what happened. <clears throat> it said that it, it was, uh, I believe it was sweet to the taste, but bitter in his stomach. Or it might have been the other way. I, I haven't read that verse in quite some time. Uh, it was one of those ways. It was either bitter to the taste and sweet to the stomach or sweet to the taste and then bitter to the stomach. But the point, though, is this. Sometimes the word of God is bitter to your flesh. But it brings a sweetness when you receive it. 
Amen. But but what happens when when that good looking girl or that good looking guy, that fine guy, starts saying stuff and whispering in your ears? It's it sounds real sweet. It feels real smooth. But the Bible says its end is as bitter as wormwood. It's t- it's sweet at first, but it leads to bitter regret. Bitter regret. You know, the Bible says, uh, you know, uh, uh, my son, take heed to my words. Walk not in the way of the wayward and the foolish who who, uh, find sport in doing what is evil and say, come on, let's plunder someone's goods. We, We shall all have one purse. It says, walk not in the way of the foolish. It says, for for uh, the, the they surely set the net in the side of a bird and says uh you know they're they're greedy for unjust gain and it, it shall rob uh, those the lives of those who are, are greedy for it and it says uh and I remember watching this uh sadly you know there was this Instagram reel I seen some time back these two guys uh uh try to rob a store and they they jump behind the uh. Um, the counter and the, the clerk, you know, the cashier stabbed one of the guys to death, sadly. And and you can hear the guy, you know, he said, you know, he, he exclaimed, I'm dead. You know, um, but he knew he was like, he, he, he knew he was gone. <clears throat> right. Well, the end was bitter as wormwood. Right. So, so, so don't, don't, don't believe things that sound sweet, things that sound good on paper, you know, open your heart to the word of the Lord and it may be bitter at the taste at first, but when it goes down, it brings a sweetness to our lives. Does that make sense? So it's, it's not, it's not just, oh man, this is hard, Right. That hardness, the Bible, Paul tells Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Endure it. Right? Because, you know, like that song, trouble don't last always. (laughs) Right? I love that song. Trouble don't last. Trouble don't last always. So that hardship doesn't last. It leads you. Yeah, they had hardship in the wilderness. But where did the Lord lead them into? They, he led them into the land of promise. Amen. So the Lord has a land of promise for you. And it's not just heaven. Right? There's a land of promise for you in on this side of eternity that God wants to get to you. But you know what you have to do? You have to endure hardness. You have to endure the word of the Lord. You have to receive the word of the Lord and implement it in your life. Right? The Bible says that, you know, that those who don't love truth, that they cannot endure sound doctrine. They can't endure it. My question to us, however, is, are we able to endure sound doctrine? You know, the fact that Paul says that they cannot endure it implies that there are some things from the scriptures that need enduring. Things when you're told, you need to endure it. Right, you know, Sister Denise posted something. 
uh, there's this heavy set woman and then and I think she was, I forgot what she said. Like, Oh, I'm doing good on my diet or something like that. And the doctor's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're far from, you're far from it. You know, and I understand that we shouldn't be rude in our delivery, you know, but even polite deliveries is going to hurt. Right? <clears throat> so, so turn to First uh, Peter. I'll be coming to a close here shortly. I just want to show us a couple of you know, additional things. First <clears throat> Peter chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 1. <clears throat> it says... To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of the Christ of Christ's sufferings, <clears throat> who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock. And so, remember who who did uh, Jesus speak to in John twenty one in the previous passage we just read? He spoke to Peter. He says, "Hey, if, Peter, do you love me?" Because you know why? Because Jesus is no longer going to be on earth. Right, he's about to depart. He's going to ascend to the Father. And and in Matthew 28, he commissions the apostles and says, Hey, teach all the things that I've commanded you. Teach teach them to others that I've commanded you. Right? So he's giving this mandate to Peter. And so that same Peter here in his first epistle to uh, the Jews scattered abroad in the diaspora, he says, um, he's writing to the elders, Hey, be shepherd of God's flock. The, the flock there are the sheep, are they not? And so shepherding requires for the word of God to be preached to you and to be taught to you, right? And so that means there are things that we have to learn, things that we have to unlearn, things that we have to construct and things that we have to deconstruct. Paul says the, the weapons of our warfare, remember the word of God is a weapon according to Ephesians chapter 6. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so through the weapons of that warfare, Paul says we pull down strongholds and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So thoughts want to come up and exalt itself against God's knowledge. And Paul is saying we employ those spiritual weaponry to attack at that and destroy these strongholds, to destroy these things that try to set up in your mind. And you might very well be saved but they set up in your mind because they're thought patterns that are contrary to God's word. Just because your spirit is saved don't mean that your mind is completely renewed. Amen. Right? Amen. You're, you're in Christ. You're saved. You ain't going to hell. Oh, but my mama did it this way. I see my mama treat daddy this way, so I'm going to treat my husband this way. Right? Who said that your, you know, your traditions impede upon the word of God? Amen. That's where your mind needs to be renewed. Oh, in my culture, the, the, the husband submits to the wife. It's not what the Bible says. Amen. In my culture, we don't need to get married. We just got an entanglement. <laughs> right an entanglement <clears throat> you know what what do they call that thing where like people have been together for so long and they just call it marriage what is that 
It, it has a specific term to it. An abomination. Abomination. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, uh, I, I forgot what they call it, but, you know, the people that say, you know, hey, we... we what? Common law marriage. Common law marriage. Common law marriage. Thank you, brother. Here's the thing. The law doesn't supersede God's law. So it doesn't matter if you if you were in a relationship for 30 years, lived together, uh, 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 you know, buy food together, have sex together. Uh, let me let me make this very clear. And this is this is what I want you to understand, because a lot of people don't understand that ministers have authority. You can't look, look, look. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you say, hey, well, we've been together for 10 years, right? We're going to create a ceremony. And we're going to invite people and marry ourselves. Does that work? Or, or how about this? We're going to decorate our house, maybe the park, you know, and then it's just going to be us two, and then we're going to marry ourselves. And we'll pray to God and say, hey, God, marry us. Is that possible? No, it's not. I, 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 I don't know if you ever thought about that. Lord, do, do what you did with Adam and Eve. Right? Marry us. Just, you know, just me and Jesus. Us and Jesus, right? Us and God. No. See, you need a minister to ordain that marriage. I, I, I know people in the West, they don't like that. They don't believe that, right? Because they don't want to submit to authority. When, when, um... <clears throat> Our previous pastor married me and my wife. You can ask you can ask my wife. The anointing descended and the presence of God came. When when God when when he ain't that amazing when he said kiss the bride and I felt the presence of God. We both felt the presence of the Lord. When me and my wife kissed, he said, Say I do. And so we 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 came into a covenant through a mediator. That mediator is the minister and he ordains it because he has authority from God to do so. And so now when me and my wife consummate our love, it's not a crime before God. But had we did it a night prior, guess what? It's a crime before God. Man. So what are you saying? All I need to do is have some, you know, a pastor do that. And that makes the difference? Yes, that's what makes the difference. I, I, I don't know what you want me to say, but that's, that's what makes the difference. And you can even, you know, the interesting thing is you even read in church history. You know, you read Irenaeus, you read, you know, Ignatius, you read these uh, fathers, and they understood that it was through the approval of the bishop and the ordination of the bishop that constituted the marriage. It's no strange thing, right? And so, you know, you know, I remember when I was coming to the Lord and I wanted God to save me. I, <laughs> I shared this a number of times. 
I fill up the bathtub and dunk myself. I'm like, Lord, recognize this as a baptism. <laughs> I can do that a thousand times until the tadpoles have my security, a social security number. It ain't a baptism. It's not a baptism. <clears throat> right? Those who have been given authority do the baptizing. That's why when they wanted to dis- when the Pharisees wanted to inquire from what authority John does his baptisms, they said, "By what authority do you do this?" Ah, so it requires authority to baptize, right? Even the Pharisees recognized that, <coughs> and they say, "Are you the prophet?" He says, "No." Now, a lot of people, they don't understand this little small... Let me, let me just throw this out there for uh, your learning. People say, oh, John, he's saying he's not a prophet. That's not what John is saying. If you look it up in the Greek, it's, it's, it's the uh, definite article. Tes prophet, uh, tus prophetus, right? It's, it's the prophet that Moses spoke about in the law... And the prophet was Jesus, because Moses says, in the last days, God shall raise up from among you a prophet like myself. And John is basically saying, I'm not that prophet. John was a prophet, but he was not the prophet. Does that make sense? But, But anyways, he says, shepherd God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. So so that means watching over, right? How do we watch? Jesus says, watch and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. So, you know, the, the wretched thing we have today are we have prayerless pastors. Amen. Prayerless pastors. They, they barely even pray for themselves. How are they to watch over God's flock? If if they don't even pray for it's uh first Peter chapter five verse one and following. <clears throat> they rarely pray for themselves. Right? <clears throat> and so how are you to watch over people if you can barely keep a watch on yourself? Man. And so look, look, look. I know that we're all adults here, but I want us to understand this uh, reality. If they're watching over God's flock, what does that mean? That it, that implies a supervision of it. I don't know if you guys had a chance to read what I posted in this uh, Telegram group. <clears throat> um, Eusebius recounts um, a story from Clement and um, Irenaeus. And remember, these were uh, men who, um, Irenaeus was a disciple of Ignatius of, of Antioch, and Ignatius was the disciple of John the Apostle himself. Uh, John uh, is said to have two uh, uh, disciples that have ha- some writings from church history, one of which was Polycarp. And uh, the second was Ignatius of Antioch, who became the bishop of Antioch. And then Ignatius uh, discipled Irenaeus. And uh, Irenaeus tells about how John, after his exile from the island of Patmos, that he was uh, he was released 
after the death of Domitian, uh, one of the Caesars of Rome, and uh, and had lived up until the time of Trajan, uh, one of the Caesar, the Caesar who succeeded Domitian, um, the the uh, previous emperor of Rome. But one of the beautiful things is, um, if you guys ever want to read on church history, I definitely recommend this, Eusebius, the history of the church. Um, but John the Apostle, Clement, um, records a, a, a story that is actually true concerning the Apostle John. And by this time, John is probably in his hundreds. Uh, he's an old man, very aged man at this time. Are y'all following? This is, I hope this ain't boring you. <clears throat> um, but he, he, he commits this very, uh, the, the, you know, Clement describes a very handsome man, uh, very uh, winsome in his personality and everything. And, um, man, let's see. Give me one second. Uh, I'm not going to read it. It's it's a bit too much. But John commits to the 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 bishop at Ephesus, um, a, a young man as a disciple, and says, "Hey, I entrust you to him, disciple him." And so the young man began to live with the bishop, and um, he, you know the bishop began discipling him, teach him in the ways of the Lord. And after he had attained some maturity, you know, um, he's, he, he, he kind of became lax in his discipling of that young man. So, so by the way, this, this implies that there should be some, some great degree of discipleship. Amen. Not just, oh, you know, hey, let, let me just uh, preach my TED Talk sermon to you. And that's the extent. Right. No, no. You know, the, the, the men of God have to be there for the people. But, um, so, but what happened was after he kind of became lax in his supervision of the, of the young man, he then joined a group of bad people. And remember Paul says bad company corrupts good characters. So you got to watch out for who you kick it with. It says, you know, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the young godly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. Right? Doesn't keep company with these wicked people and love fellowship with them. Right? Um, <clears throat> but anyways, <clears throat> and then he began to fall into wayward ways and, you know, petty crimes became worse crimes and he, they, he ended up joining a gang of bandits and was a bloodthirsty man. This, this former disciple was walking in the ways of the Lord, fell off from the straight and the narrow. And then John the uh, uh, Apostle had later returned um, to the church at Ephesus and says, uh, where, where, where is what I have entrusted to you? And the bishop is taken aback thinking, uh, you didn't give me any money. What are you talking about? And uh, he says, no, the, the young boy, where is he at? Um. Let me let me just read this section to you. Y'all still here? Still following? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Excuse me. 
It says, when he had dealt with the business for which he had come, he said, come now, Bishop, pay me back the deposit which Christ and I left in your keeping and the presence of the church over which you preside as my witness. At first, the bishop was taken aback, thinking that he was being doomed for money he had never received. He could neither comply with the demand for what he he did not possess, nor refuse to comply with John's request. But when John said, it is the young man I am asking for, and the soul of our brother, the old man sighed deeply and shed a tear. So the bishop is crying. He shed a tear and he sighed. Dang, man, like that young man, he went astray. And the bishop replied, he is dead. John replied, how is he dead? He is dead to God. He turned out wicked and prolificate. In short, a bandit, and now instead of the church, he has taken to the mountain with an armed gang of men like himself. The apostle rent his garment, groaned aloud, and beat his head. You can imagine that? The apostle John is an old man. He rends his garment in grief and begins beating his head. He, he's, uh, he, he doesn't care about accolades and popularity. He cares about one man's soul. John learned from the great shepherd well that he is willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. Glory. Amen. He says, Glory to God. He cried, I left our brother's soul. Oh, it says, no, he says, the apostle rent his garment, groaned aloud and beat his head. A fine guardian, he cried, I left of our brother's soul. However, let me have a horse immediately and someone to show me the way. He galloped off from the church, then and there, just as he was, when he arrived at the place and was seized by the bandits. So these bandits, this gang seized the Apostle John. Uh, And it says, John made no attempt to escape and asked no mercy, but shouted, this is what I have come for. Take me to your leader. Remember the the former disciples, the leader of this gang. For the time being, the young man waited, armed as he was. But as John approached him, he recognized him. And filled with shame, turned to flee. But John ran after him as hard as he could, forgetting years and calling out, Why do you run away from me, child? From your own father, unarmed and very old. Be sorry for me, child, not afraid of me. You still have hopes of life. I will account to Christ for you. If need be, I will gladly suffer your death. As the Lord suffered death for us, to save you, I will give my own life. Stop. Believe Christ has sent me. Man, that's amazing. The, well, John the age is running after his child in the faith and it says and and, and this bloodthirsty man that that has shed blood and he runs away from John unarmed John he's not going there to to take his life and filled with shame he recognized John he knew who he was you know, love has a way of disarming even the uh, the the most strongest of men. 
Amen. <clears throat> when he heard this, the young man stopped and stood with his eyes on the ground. Then he threw down his weapons. Then he trembled and began to weep bitterly. <clears throat> when the old man came up to f and, and uh, he flung his arms around him, pleading for himself with groans as best as he could and baptized the second time with his tears, but keeping his right hand out of sight. So in other words, John the Apostle baptizing this young man with tears, pleading to the Lord to pardon his sin. Wow. But John, <clears throat> it says, when the old, and then it says, um, but John solemnly pledged his word that he had found pardon for him from the Savior. He prayed, knelt down, and kissed that very hand as being cleansed by his repentance. Then he brought him back to the church, interceded for him with many prayers, shared with him the ordeal of continuous fasting, brought his mind under control by all the enchanting power of words, and did not leave him, we are told, till he had restored him to the church, giving a perfect example of true repentance and a perfect proof of regeneration, the trophy of a visible resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I love that. Amen. I love that quote. Why do you run from me, child? From your own father, unarmed and very old. Be sorry for me, child, not afraid of me. Wow. John has every reason to be afraid of them. They're all armed with, with weapons. But John says, I don't even care about my life. I just want my son in the faith to return. I want his soul to return to God. Hallelujah. I, 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 I pray that I, I um, will grow in the character of Christ and the love of God, the compassion of the Lord who leaves the 99 for the one. Right, he leaves the ninety-nine for the one. Let me let me close with um, um, this, and then we will get to prayer. I know I know it's a, a bit long. Um, um, <clears throat> uh, Jeremiah three verse fifteen. Just uh, bear with me a little longer than uh, Jeremiah 3, verse 15. <clears throat> you know, I was recently told, uh, Mike Todd, this guy was drizzling syrup on the communion and all this stuff. Like, my gosh, like, what, what, what day are we in that... Uh, we, we're not shepherding the flock. We don't, we don't, we, we're entertaining the flock with blasphemies. And, and uh, it, 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 it grieves me. It grieves me severely. <clears throat> Jeremiah 3 verse 15. <clears throat> then I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Thank you for letting us know, Brother Linus. I, 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 may your day be blessed in the Lord. <clears throat> Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart you will, who will lead you with knowledge, not entertainment, not a, a Super Bowl, right? Gimmicks and props and squirt guns. 
They lead you with knowledge and understanding. Right? So God is giving those shepherds. Christ gave Peter as a shepherd to his people. Right? Christ did. This verse is a fulfillment of what Jesus did in Matthew 28 and John 21 is precisely a fulfillment of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, not after their own wicked hearts. Right? Look, I know that people like that have great personalities and winsome, but but here's the thing. People fail to realize when you know churches are are personality driven and entertainment driven the people behind the pulpits are narcissists and they care not for the people of god they shed not a tear if they backslide because here's the reason why it is all about it's all about uh uh look at me that's why a lot of these guys they got the balenciaga like two thousand dollar shoes well how is this about christ Right? You have to keep the circus going. And the star of the show isn't Christ, but it's them. Right? So it's not about entertainment. It's about the impartation of the Spirit. It's about the Word of God shaping your mind so that you might be presented as a blameless bride, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Right. So then I will give you shepherds about their own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. <clears throat> and now Amen. here's a second uh, Timothy. And and let, and I, I promise you this is the last passage. Second Timothy chapter. Um, <clears throat> no, excuse me. First Timothy. Chapter four. Verse 1, the Spirit clearly says in the latter times some will abandon the faith in following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So demons are teaching things. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars. So, So demons are teaching, but they're using the mouths of hypocritical liars. Right? People that just lie on the word of God, they twist scripture, they they say oh you know oh uh there's mother god or you know um whatever whatever sorts of teachings come out on the scene <clears throat> but then look look at what what paul says to timothy now remember timothy was the bishop at at ephesus paul appointed timothy as the overseer of, of the church at ephesus <clears throat> and so it's titled Timothy because these are the instructions Paul wants to be given to the people of God. Well, given to Timothy to instruct the people of God. Now he says in verse 6, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith. So in other words, that's why we're taking a look at this and I'm expounding them so that you may be ministered after the words of the, the truth of the faith. Right, and not so not so that you can be deceived by things that come on the scene, right? And so God wants us to pay attention to these things. A good minister of Christ Jesus, nursed on the truths of the faith, 
and of the good teaching, or some translations say sound or wholesome teaching, that you have followed, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value of all things, holding promise for both the present life, the word there is aeon, the present age, and the age to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those of those who believe. Now, <clears throat> verse 11. Command and teach these things. Right? So that means you have the, the, the flock of God, that the, the bread that Jesus desires for the flock to receive is the teachings, the sound teachings that Paul is writing to Timothy and telling Timothy, command these things and teach them to the, the church at Ephesus. Right? Do you see that? Amen. <clears throat> Don't let anyone Amen. look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct in love in faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Now, I hope that it doesn't bog us down that I read a lot of Scripture. Because what we have conditioned ourselves to do today in the church is read, use one Scripture on the, the flat screen projector and then springboard on it. And, and, and that's the extent of what we read to the church and then we just go into our topical message that we've prepared in advance. I don't prepare topical messages. I believe praying in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will begin to, to to lead what and address specific areas. Does that make sense? And that's why, okay, well, the Spirit's saying, you know, go to this verse and now I need to expound on this verse, right? And, and so, because you can read... But anyways, my point, though, is that we need to look at what is in this book here. You see all these underlining... Right, I, it's because I want to understand this. I want to not misconstrue this. But Paul says, "Look, give public attention until I come. Devote yourself." So there needs to be a level of devotion. My question to us here is: Are we devoted? Are we devoted to to submitting to the public reading of Scripture? What is that again? Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. See, a lot of people say, oh, "I read the Bible." But their reading of the Bible is a private reading. Do that. But understand that you are committed by God to the public attention, or the public reading of Scripture. Do you see that in the text? Or, or am I making that up? People fail to realize this is a this is a liturgical book. This is a sacred book, a covenantal book, a covenantal book that implies a community, a body. <clears throat> Jesus didn't enter into covenant with you per se. He entered into covenant with his body, and it's a corporate thing. So when people say it's just me and Jesus, it's just me and the Bible, it's just me and my YouTube sermon, you got it wrong. There's a public aspect, a corporate aspect of it, such that if you neglect it, you are neglecting the wholesome words listed there in the scriptures. And I want to continue to train this so this the way of thinking gets ingrained in you. <clears throat> 
to preaching and to teaching, do not neglect your gift which is given you through prophecy when the body of elders lay their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. <clears throat> so, so here's the thing. You know how people say, I don't get into doctrine? Well, here is telling you that doctrine is necessary if you want to be saved. Because people who have swerved, they fall into false doctrine. Right? <clears throat> Amen. And Paul says, look, Timothy, I want you to do this. And, and in his first, in the first chapter, he says, as in verse three, he says, as I urged you when I, I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people, not give them recommendations, not suggestions. No, command them to stop teaching garbage. Right. To command certain people not to teach false doctrines. Any longer or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work. So speculations begin to create divisions and unity is what God wants in the body. That's why there can't be mixed messages. There is one doctrine that was delivered unto the saints once and for all, according to Jude. Does that make sense? <laughs> <clears throat> and we need to devote ourselves, it says in Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And so that's what we're doing here. We want to devote ourselves to the sound doctrine, the public attention, uh, public reading of Scripture, and to prayer. <clears throat> Amen. And that's how God's house is to be governed. That's how the people are to be uh, shepherded. And the reason why you say, well, I'm not a pastor. No, but I want you to understand what, what is required, right? So that when you see all these entertainment things and stuff and project it out, on, out into the internet world, you know, oh, that guy's not doing his job. Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah, 